0: What's up, y'all? Hopefully you are just coming from listening to part one of our Green Book episode. This is part two. We're going to get into really just the mind-boggling reception that this movie received. Obviously it won Best Picture and a lot of other praise, which we could not wrap our heads around. uh, But we're just going to dive right back into the conversation. Think about what we just described. Think about the movie we just described because we're about to talk about how this movie was received. And again, people fucking loved this movie. couldn't
1: 8.2. 8.2. Just That's as important incredible. as Jurassic Park. Just as important.
0: I'm gonna I'm gonna read. So at the at the AACTA International Awards, right? Mm. Marisla, Mahershala Ali won Best Supporting Actor at the ARP's Movies for Grown Up Awards. Viggo Mortensen won best Actor.
1: oh you know them old people love this movie they were like that's exactly how racism went
0: at the academy awards this movie exactly won. exactly how it went it won best picture Mahershala won best supporting actor this mm. movie won best original screenplay at the alliance of women film journalists Mahershala won best supporting actor American cinema editors it was nominated for best edited feature, which again, what like the way that this movie was seen-
1: actually this movie is cut bad too. oh no, yeah, legit. It's actually like cut bad. It, it there's no rhythm. There's no rhythm to it whatsoever. No, uh, American- I will say it shot well, but it looks it's cut. Yeah, to it's, trash it's everything cut is, to is
0: ridiculous. AFI again, one of their top ten films of the year,
1: movie of the year.
0: Um, the British Academy Film Awards, the BAFTAs. Uh, Mahershala, again, won Best Actor in a Supporting Role. Yeah, he,
1: won a, he, okay. he won the Screen Actors o- o Guild Award, so that means yes. other actors thought he was the best actor.
0: Yes. He won Best Supporting Actor for the Critics' Choice Movie Awards. Dallas-Fort Worth uh, Film Critics Association gave him Best Supporting Actor. Again, it's crazy to think this movie is about The him. list
1: is kind of, the list goes on. Like, the list goes on. Yes. I'm uh, looking at it on IMDb, and it's just like, yeah. I'm scrolling.
0: It won a couple of Golden Globes. Uh, again, Best Supporting Actor. Uh, Best Motion Picture at the Golden Globes. Best Screenplay at the Golden Globes.
1: Yeah, it won Best Motion pic. Oh my fucking God.
0: You know, like, again, on and on. You can look this up. Uh, just all the awards that it won. Nominated for many, many more. Okay, like this movie was a smash hit. Here's some things that are going to make you very sad uh to learn about just (laughs) in the reception of this movie right go ahead
1: tear tear me down
0: so i'm gonna i'm just gonna read a few of these um reviews good and bad right
1: yeah yeah yeah. Yeah, because you need to know
0: this is the important part right we need to know because so this is this is uh from salon.com right this is a bad review this is a bad review from uh rotten tomatoes an enthusiastic and well-intentioned but ultimately cliched approach is abundantly evident in the final products, right? So this is something that you're going to notice throughout this podcast, but even just this movie in particular. Enthusiastic and well-intentioned. By who, for who? Whose intentions (laughs) were good in the making of this movie? Because I don't (laughs) believe that. That's a bad review, okay? Then Chicago Reader, right? Right. Yet, fairly and his cast, deliver the cliches with such sincerity and good cheer that the film won me over, anyways. So, this is somebody admitting that this is a cliche shocked film. I mean, but, but they were just so, so obvious about
1: thing. it. I <laughs> mean, like I said on my Letterbox review, I gave this a, I gave this three stars. Yes, it's objectively well shot, well acted. For the most part, I mean, I do think Mahershala Ali does give, you know, an idea of what Don Shirley would be like to, you know, like Joe in Nebraska doesn't know for sure. Yeah. But you know, he saw a movie and got an air of what this guy was like, sure. I don't know if he's the best of the performance of the year. Yeah. But he's definitely like giving a definitely an interesting performance for sure. Yes. Uh- but also, it's like the content is utter trash.
0: <laughs> yes. Well, so Lawrence Lawrence Ware of the New York Times, one of the only black reviewers uh, that you can find reviewing this movie, uh, says the screenplay essentially turns Shirley into a black man who thematically shapeshifts into whoever will make of the story appealing to white audiences, and that's inexcusable. So that's one of like the few just like searing negative reviews that you'll read about this movie because there's so many there's there's because he's the only one
1: taking it to task yes no one's taking this movie to task no one's saying like you guys got it wrong like you uh, because i feel like it looks like they spent a hundred million dollars on it so you're like "Uh, they spent the money it looks good why would i trash it it's like no you got things wrong it's like if you made a movie about it's like if Spike made Malcolm X, but he didn't put in any of the parts about Detroit Red or like, you know, it's all non-research. They didn't go to Haj. They didn't do the work. You know what I mean? It's like if that version of Malcolm X is the version we got and then that version is the one that people are like, yes. you know what I mean? Yeah. Get the fuck out of here. There's There's none of the of- work is done here.
0: There's a lot of reviews that, again, this movie came out in 2018. There are a lot of reviews that reference that this is, this is the movie that we needed. This is the movie that made me feel No,
1: we needed Spider-Verse. We got it, but we needed Spider-Verse. We didn't need this shit.
0: <laughs> Entertainment Weekly. In a world that seems to get uglier every day, this movie's gentle heart and mere humanity feel like a salve.
1: When's the last time you bought an Entertainment Weekly? <laughs> there you go.
0: Uh, oh man where's the um, where's the Rolling Stone one that was the one that like just. Came. this is coming
1: from a person who actually had, a, had an, uh, a subscription I had a subscription to Entertainment Weekly for about like three years
0: so this is from Rolling Stone thanks to the dream team of Mortensen and Ali both giving Oscar caliber performances audiences will be rightly cheering this hilarious and heartfelt true story of a the black musician and this racist driver on the night of the deep south I did not laugh once in this movie
1: this is a fucking romp? I'm gonna, gonna kill Oh man. Okay. This is you, a romp.
0: Are you are you ready to get more erratic? These
1: guys are just scamps. So all Getting of this misadventures.
0: All of this happened, right? And then a year later, right, in January, after you know the, the movie wins for Best Picture, <laughs> Kareem Abdul Jabbar.
1: Who is a well-known movie critic.
0: Writes for the Hollywood Reporter.
1: Why, it's why he writes for the Reporter, yeah.
0: Why the Greenbrook controversies don't matter. He writes this whole article about why people shouldn't be upset about these movies because they have value, right? And there's a part that I want to read. The film is much more effective from Tony's point of view because the audience that might be most changed by watching it is the white audience. When black people see a movie about historical racism like nate parker's the birth of a nation or steve mcqueen's 12 years a slave we know exactly what kind of horrific cruelty we're going to witness our perception of racism will not be changed because we live it daily we also know that after viewing the movie some white people will be self-congratulatory and dismissive by saying well at least it's not like that anymore but others will be moved to see how those events in history have shaped our current challenges Black people watching Green Book will recognize Dr. Shirley's painful journey and be inspired by his accomplishments, no more, no less than if the story had been from his point of view.
1: First of all, he compared Green Book to do slave movies. (laughs) This is a movie about a magical Negro who was shepherded through the (laughs) South for his talents. Nigga, he lived above Carnegie Hall. I don't live (sighs) above Carnegie Hall. I live above a Popeye's. (laughs) I live above a Popeye's. That nigga lived above... He's an exceptional man. You're yeah. talking about, oh, yeah, this, it wasn't like these slave movies. Get the fuck out. This is Kareem. Different sir, a- apples and oranges, bro. The black experience is a monolith. I
0: love, I love Kareem. I love Kareem. This is, I even a- like him
1: as a writer, too, as a film writer. He's yeah. not bad, but
0: this is not that it.
1: take is incorrect.
0: Again, this movie.
1: Hey, why don't you dribble a basketball, nigga? All right. <laughs>
0: <laughs> but this is, this is what's killing me. It's this movie, this movie. He's standing,
1: he's standing this movie like fam. This
0: one, this movie is not even, so this was another thing they mentioned on the Black Man Can't Jump podcast, which I completely agree with. Take race out of it, right? Just think about it from a character perspective. You have two characters, right? Two guys. You two have guys one character who is a world accomplished pianist. He is classically trained. He speaks several languages. He's rich. Like, again, he lives above Carnegie Hall. He's touring the world. And then you have a guy who works at the Copa, right,
1: as a bouncer
0: and drives him around and you say, I'm going to make the movie from the perspective of the guy who drives the car. Producers would be like, "Okay, so (laughs) we're going to want to reverse that because this guy sounds way more interesting. And I think we want to talking about, there's a,
1: there's a guy in the backseat that can play a, a piano really well. And he lives above Carnegie hall. You said, yeah. But you want to talk about the no. bouncer from the Copa. Cause that guy that, was my dad uh, scooped up a quick job.
0: Yeah, no, but that was my dad. So that, that's the um, movie we're going to make.
1: Oh, it's your daddy. It's
0: my dad. Yeah. My oh. dad did that. My dad drove the man around.
1: Uh, uh, uh. But did, did you ever meet Mr. Shirley?
0: I mean, I have a picture with him that, you know, we took okay, a long cool. time ago and okay. recorded some phone calls of his. Ooh, so it's ooh. almost like we were best friends. And my dad... You're, you were obviously best, best friends.
1: Best friend. You were obviously best friends.
0: My dad was definitely just his best friend because he drove him around. And sometimes they would talk on the phone.
1: And you were you were like 12 when all this happened? Sure. Where's, <laughs> I got a sack of money. I got a sack of money right here. It's not the whole sack of money, but I can get you the other money. We can... can make this happen that'll do we can make this happen don't worry about it don't worry about it like what like how could Warner brothers didn't want to make malcolm x they wouldn't even give him the whole money to make and it wasn't even that much goddamn money it was like 40 million goddamn dollars so i'm sick to death i hate this shit i hate it i hate this shit so i hate it
0: here's what's gonna make you more sick i hate it because we're not even getting into it the budget for this movie do you want to guess 60 (laughs) Twenty-three million dollars is what it cost to me. Fuck everything. It's box office, three hundred twenty-one point
1: eight million dollars. They made over ten times their budget. That's a hit. So here's... that's like you're doing fucking computer animated movie money.
0: So do you do you want to know why this is this is this is gonna make you?
1: I'm surprised they didn't make Green Book action figures.
0: This is going to make you confused and also more upset. This is from an article entitled "Why Audiences in China Are Loving Green Book." Kill me. <laughs> Kill me. Basically, what ha- happened was this movie opened up in China, and for whatever reason, you know, I think it, it, partially it's because it
1: taught the Chinese population the entire Black experience. <laughs> well, the entire Black experience in this film.
0: Partially. So, so here's the thing.
1: Green book. It's it's the black experience is literally roots and then green book. And then that's it. And then we're here. It's yeah. 2021.
0: So here's an, here's an important tidbit. So on, uh, I'm not even going to attempt to say the name of this app uh, because I don't want to I don't want to butcher it, but there's, a, there's it. a movie. Tick- messy. There's a movie ticketing platform uh, for Alibaba pictures, uh, which is also okay. an investor in this film, right? Yes. Yes. Uh, green book boast a score of 9.4 out of 10, right? 9.4 out of 10 on this app in China, based on the ratings of more than 220,000 fans, right? So on, on their social media network, uh, they have like, they have, basically it's like a letterbox. It's a social media network and movie review platform. Uh, okay. The movie has a rating of 8.9 out of 10, outperforming 98% of comedies, 97% of dramas. It has taken in more than thirty million dollars, right? So remember, this movie's budget. So Green Book is like their dance with the
1: wolves, dances with wolves.
0: Yes. Listen to this. It has taken in more than thirty million dollars since it opened, making it the highest earning best picture winner in China after Titanic.
1: Nigga, <laughs> everybody saw Titanic. Like, <laughs> I was like eight and I saw Titanic.
0: So, these are some of the reviews that uh, people left on this on this social media platform. The storytelling is like this. simple, yet touching. The journey connects people of different skin colors, classes, and cultural backgrounds together. They had stereotypes, but they made peace at last. We choose to believe a story of this kind because we hope people can achieve kindness, understanding, and equality.
1: Yo, fuck kindness. <laughs> <laughs> fuck understanding. So, uh, it's so disgusting.
0: Here's the thing, right? And this is, and we're getting into this conversation about why this movie is so problematic because this reception is so problematic because this movie gets exported to China where it is a massive hit. Right. They don't have any context for what they're seeing, right? In the same no. way that we don't know the ins and outs of Chinese history or Chinese politics or social, like we know certain things here and there, but that's not something they teach us in school. That's not something Mm-mm. that we have Mm-mm. a firm grasp and understanding of. It's the no. same thing over there. They learn about some of the things that happened over here, but not- They probably got a better
1: education about American racism than we do. Right. Because we'd be like, yo, Emancipation Proclamation happened. Abraham Lincoln high five of the slaves and it was 1960 all of a sudden and Martin Luther King said yes. some words and uh, we all smile at each other now and don't act like we had to sit in different restaurants and shit in different toilets.
0: Yes. So this is, this is, this is what's happening though. This is a movie that's, that's taken overseas and people watch it again maybe having no context of American- minimal context at all and they say, and, and again, it says, this is a true story. This really happened. And so they watch this movie. And this, and this is what we're perpetuating. This is what is being exported to different countries to tell them about race relations in America. These are the kinds of movies that people are taking in and thinking about when they think about race relations in America. How problematic is that? That is insane. It makes me so upset to think that this movie <laughs> is the second highest grossing Oscar winning film in China behind Titanic, and they love it. They loved the chicken scene. Again, they loved that scene. That's the highest rated. They they talk about that scene on the social media app over and over. I'm gonna see if I can find the part in here where they, they talk about how much they love that. It's wild.
1: It does it's it's like It doesn't it doesn't surprise me though. It doesn't surprise me. It doesn't surprise me. Yes. They don't know nothing about our culture over there. We barely know anything about our culture here. We had to fight to make sure any like recorded evidence of slavery or you know the civil rights movement gets pushed forward cuz otherwise white people will like let the shelves get dusty, let the record buildings burn down. Whatever, you know, like we had to fight to get our own history on camera, tell our own stories. Yes. Look,
0: it says in the US, the fried chicken scene was an example of the film's problematic portrayal of race relations. But in China, that moment was widely discussed on the social media platform Weibo as one of the film's best scenes. They loved it. They loved one it. One of the best scenes? Standing ovation.
1: I'm telling you like I'm Incredible. not I'm kind of not joking about like 87-year-old Emma Stone watching like the fucking clip show in 50 years of like that the chicken scene Incredible. in the like tribute to the movies at the 150th Oscars
0: just a single tear in her eye
1: just like this is cinema <laughs> that's Incredible. cinema okay Cine- cinema is literally like birth of a nation Citizen Kane, Star Wars, and the chicken scene from Green Book. Something
0: else that's going to make you upset. So they talked to Robert Kennedy Jr.
1: <laughs> you tricked me. You you brought me here to like piss me off. Yeah, this
0: is this is the this is our, actually the podcast. This is this our literal,
1: <laughs> our the world we live in. You were like, you is just invite. Hey, Cameron, I'm just going to tell you about like all the terrible things. This about is like this is what it is. World. Go ahead.
0: This so. Uh, Deadline, talk to Robert Kennedy Jr. and uh, you know a few other members of the Kennedy family uh, to kind of reflect on things. Uh, deadline, question. Solidated. Solidated. Why is it still important to make movies like this that look at the Jim Crow South? Hopefully things have changed. Robert Kennedy Jr. There were so many good things about this movie. First of all, it was beautifully shot. One of those movies where every scene was beautiful. That was what my wife was talking about. Also, it, w- scene, but... Also, it wasn't a whitewash. It didn't feel like you were being moralized. It just felt like somebody was telling a really good yarn. There was nothing about it that makes you feel like you're being preached to. Vigo Mortens's character is a rake racist himself to start out with. So it's not saying racism is re- confined to the South or making judgment about the South. It was about these two very different men who found humanity in each other and the human experience. There's nothing better than that. And it was fun to watch. That's the hardest thing for a filmmaker to do the easier thing to do is make something formulaic with robots fighting each other, but to make a wonderful, watchable, fun film that teaches about the history of our country and teaches us moral lessons about democracy, about the human condition on every level, I think that is a triumph.
1: This was all the president's men fun? Was it a fucking yarn, you idiot? You chump. They loved it. They,
0: it changed their lives, Cameron. There was nothing before Green Book. And then they saw this movie, and it was like, like, like they just, the, the world opened up to them.
1: The assassination of MLK was just a fucking like yarn, was it?
0: Green Book, cinema, the greatest movie so ever made, made of all time. Let's, let's look at some more stuff. It was a so, good yarn.
1: I'm going to slap him in the fucking mouth.
0: So they go to That's the ridiculous.
1: <laughs> I'm sorry I'm sorry I'm off that I'm off that I'm off
0: Oh that. no you're about to be on it again Because they go to the Golden <laughs> Globes They go to the Golden Globes so this is an upsetting thing About the press tour for this film Right It's because yeah. obviously they're trotting Maharshala out he's the black yes. Man he's the one that has to cape for this movie and, and talk about why it's You know this very sentimental thing And it's not racist and everybody Can learn from this movie and you know He's having to really sell it to black People right 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 and then when they go to the award shows, Octavia is there too, and so they have to. Because she's the producer,
1: so she has to accept with them. Yes.
0: Okay. So let me let me paraphrase what she says. She is at the Golden Globes, and they ask her about the controversy of this movie. I forget who the black guy who hosts Entertainment Tonight is. Who's like, basically... oh, the ball dude? Yeah, he's a step it away. Like from... He's having fun uh he's here to sell he's you have a great time he's catching him yeah. checks He's cashing yeah, them checks. yeah. <laughs> uh so this is from the golden globes interview so he basically asks her like oh but there's some, been some controversies and people you know accusing this movie of, of not being you know like a true story you know like he touches on the, the yeah. shirley family uh and then also just like you know people accuse this movie of, of of treating racism like it's you know something that it's like it like it's over right um and so Octavia throws herself under the bus for this movie and talks about how she, like, was so passionate about it, how she wanted to make this movie. Uh, and paraphrasing her, she says, I wanted to make this movie because Dr. Shirley had agency. Okay, think about that. And then she closes it off for saying, for people saying he was a magical Negro, I'd say he was just magic. That's Octavia Spencer <laughs> having to throw herself under several oncoming buses. She didn't have to say
1: anything. She could have said nothing, and it would have been way better than that response.
0: Well, she had to say something because everybody else there was white, and they were going to say something crazy. They were going to say something. They still
1: want to say something crazy. You know what? They're going to go on stage and say something crazy.
0: I'm going to, I'm going to play our, our white nonsense drop here. Uh,
1: what white <laughs> nonsense is this?
0: What white nonsense is this? What it,
1: white nonsense is this that she a, had to jump on? She had to jump on top of the bomb.
0: Yes, because they, because you know they weren't going to handle that question in the correct way. They were going to say something, some bullshit that was going to get them into more trouble. So she, she didn't have to say
1: that because, like,
0: her name's on the movie,
1: though. You know what I mean? Like, I feel bro, like that's like. That's like the talk show response to it though. Because That's like if you went on Letterman and like or you went on Conan. <laughs> Conan Conan wouldn't even ask that question honestly. Uh, like if you went on fucking Jimmy Fallon yeah. and he was like, you know, I hear there's some controversy and he's like, "He's not a magical negro. He's just magic." Like well, because And you, then you put that quote in the next trailer for fucking Green Book. Like she yeah. had to
0: she had to preface that by saying, "Why would I of all people uh, advance a white savior trope. But she did because that's what this But you did.
1: You so... fucking did. You paid money for it. When you're an executive producer on a movie, your company is, hi, yeah. You know what? I can't even, I, I want a career. I, yo, JC, I, I want a career after <laughs> this, man. Like,
0: you're
1: going to get me fucked up. You're going to get me fucked up. I ain't even gotten in the door yet. Because Octavia is going to be like, I remember what you said about me. When I auditioned for Ma, 2. <laughs> y'all gonna make me drink alone now? I love that movie, <laughs> and I love Octavia. I love Octavia. I love me. her too. I love her. She runs over Missy Powell in that movie. That movie's great.
0: <laughs> but again, when I see her and I see Mahershala talking about this movie, what I see are two people who had an understanding that this movie was gonna get made. This movie, yes, yes. Get- Produce? Yes,
1: and they're both intelligent people. They're both intelligent people who knew that a company was going to front this movie.
0: So let me get in front of it and mitigate as much of the damage as I can in terms of stealing- Why you got to do damage
1: control on your own shit, though? Well, I think even just in the
0: making of the movie, like, again, I get the sense from watching interviews with Mahershala talking about this movie, talking about what it was like to to- create the character of Don Shirley and kind of inhabit his life is that he recognized because they both say this him and Octavia both say that Don Shirley the man is something that we haven't ever really seen in film before right like right right right
1: a lot definitely something to behold
0: yes he inhabits a lot of different spaces there is something incredible about his life and his story and so I think both of them saw they're gonna make this movie let's do, I don't know how much we're going to be able to affect things, but let's just do what we can to make sure like you were saying, like if the Shirley family ever sees this film, they know that Mahershala took ultimate his best. And yes, you know, he did everything he could to ensure that the Don Shirley character was not just a complete stereotype or just some like poor, poorly performed, poorly acted, poorly imagined. Right.
1: If anybody's gonna do it, it's gonna be me. because so I'm gonna try to yes. do my best. I'm gonna do job.
0: everything I can.
1: Do a respectful job.
0: And so you know, I again, I can't blame them for anything of the movie because you know, Lord knows, like we talked about, Mahershala had almost nothing to work with. He did everything that he could to make Don Shirley into something because it's not even that he didn't have anything to work with research wise. He had nothing to work with script wise. There was nothing here for him to do other than just be earnest, dignified black man. And just try his best to get through each scene without, <laughs> just like you know, he ate that without chicken. going
1: splat on his own face.
0: He ate that chicken, like that's an Oscar award bite. You know, mm, he. Mm. Um,
1: I hope they put a little extra yeah. money on that check after yeah, he won best supporting actor because, like,
0: well, because then he has to come out when they when the Shirley family is like, guess who's still alive. <laughs> he has
1: to be like oh shit he has to eat that (laughs) he has to eat has like like i said he has to literally eat that man
0: like so and he's the only one that apologized (laughs) he's the only one that made that how it goes ain't that
1: how it always goes though he's the only one ain't that how it works
0: to reach out to them and apologize and like you know, so this
1: stupid ass movie is wrong in like ways that you can't even fathom. Yeah. But yeah, who's gotta eat crow? Who's gotta fucking like deal with it at the end yeah. of the day?
0: Mahershala. The black guy. So last 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 thing about all this all the controversies. We talked a little bit about Vigo Martins and nigger, uh, you know, in that again in front of Mahershala. Mahershala had to go on TV and defend that as well. <laughs> right and, in front of his face. So if you if you just go and you and you search vigo martinson and word whatever on youtube there's a clip of him uh that is basically him whining about people giving him a hard time for saying nigger and i will say this was a journey for me to watch all of these clips of vigo martinson because coming into this movie i liked vigo like i was like okay you know like
1: i do need some promises yo
0: Yeah, like I was, I wasn't like Viggo Mortensen is the best actor who's ever lived, but I was like, I've enjoyed him and everything that I've seen him in. I think he's a very good actor. You know what I mean? And like, seems like a sincere person, et cetera, et cetera, right? So, over the course of the, I'm about to read you some quotes from him, uh, (laughs) that just it made me mad, it made me upset, it made me very angry. And then I had to remember that Viggo Mortensen is a white man, and so all the things that he's saying. Are just standard white men kind of things, right? Like he's saying these things
1: mm-hmm. in the way mm-hmm.
0: that are just like, not even like, what did you expect, right? Like, w- like what what could you expect anything more, right? Right. But, but it's more like the idea of white people learning about the the Tulsa bombings from Watchmen. I think yeah. is emblematic of just the the blissful unawareness. Of race <laughs> and blackness, black history,
1: like America. Yeah.
0: just in general, right? Like they don't, they don't know, they don't know any of these things. None of these things oh. are things that they talk about, that are discussed, that are taught to them. They just exist and walk through life. And so, like the basic premise of Tony, the character, is every five minutes he turns to somebody and says,
1: "Why do? You, why does
0: he let him? Why does he let them treat him like that?"
1: <laughs> <laughs> and that is. That is the movie. Honestly, it's like literally Don Shirley gets into some situation that he thinks he should be able to do. And then Tony goes like, why why can't he like fucking shit in your bathroom? Because it's the 1960s and he's a nigger. (laughs)
0: So it's like, that's,
1: that's literally every other scene in the movie,
0: you know? And, but that's, that's, it's true to life in terms of just like white people blissfully walking through and being like, why is it so hard for them to do stuff? And it's like, well, if you just, just, just looks behind the curtain a little bit. <laughs> I think you might find...
1: <laughs> the answer's right there.
0: <laughs> there's, there's a lot going on over here. Uh, you know, if you have a minute, Google, you know, you might find some things out. Uh, but so basically what happens is Viggo Mortensen says nigger and they... Interview him about it. This seems like like a French, like you know, international interview. And so he's doing this press tour. Somebody asked him a question about it, about the country controversy behind it. His response is again paraphrasing him, people took that out of context and they didn't really understand what I was trying to say. They latched on to me saying that word when what I was really talking about was basically how people not saying that word doesn't make them racist, doesn't mean that they don't have, you know, those prejudices and and aren't harboring racist feelings or emotions. So like that word isn't the end all be all of racism. And really it feels like when people attack me about saying that, that they're trying to change the conversation and they're not focusing on the real issues. That's what he said. That was his response to people upset about him saying nigger and again no nah. absolute gall and ego of this nah. response is astoundingly white right because the thing wow. about it is
1: just like the unawareness of like <laughs> it, it kind of reminds me of I don't know if you've seen this video there's a video on the internet of Kendrick Lamar in concert yeah, playing all right to like a basically white crowd mm-hmm. and the crowd, they're singing the hook like they would in their apartments or their houses or wherever the fuck black people ain't. And, you know, they're saying it. Yeah. Right? So, you know, we're alright nigga. we going to be all right. We're gonna be all... They're saying the word, right? Yeah. So he, so all of a sudden, he's like, whoa, 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 whoa. Kendrick's like, all right, I'm not having it. So I'm gonna bring somebody up on stage, and we're gonna sing this song. We're gonna get it poppin', right? We're gonna get the real vibes, right? Yeah. So... I don't know if it was his choice or not, but he calls like a white girl up on stage, you know, like 18 year old white girl, whatever, <laughs> like that. She's in the she's in the room. She's like, "I'm so happy to be here. I'm excited. I rap the song for you, Kendrick, whatever." And he's like, "All right, whatever, bitch. Let's play a song." Fire it up. We gonna be all right, nigga. We gonna be. And she says it. She says it again, right? Yeah. Like giving a mic. She says it again. She's like, and then Kendrick goes like, "Stop, stop, 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 stop. That's not worth. That word's not for you. What are you doing?" Yeah. And she says, I just wanted to sing it the way you wrote it. Yeah. I wanted to sing the song the way you wrote it. But you're missing the point, white girl, and like 90% of that white audience. The word ain't for you. But also you're, you're even in con even in the context of you explaining it, you already fucked up by saying it. Yes. Right? It's not yeah. your word. It's so, not your word.
0: Like, here's the thing. <laughs> With 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 all of we're gonna call
1: this podcast. Here's the thing: we're gonna to have to email Alec Baldwin. We're gonna to have to get the work, get the title from Alec Baldwin. We're gonna to because to, he yeah. had a podcast called "Here's the Thing." It wasn't very good. Going to have but, to come up off that. All right, yeah, he wanted to, to come up off that. Yeah, <laughs> so run, run that podcast, Alec.
0: <laughs> like, why? Right? Why? Why do you want to say that? Yeah, why, like, why do you want to say nigger what is it about the why word do you want
1: to say it so bad like, that even you, if you're explaining about it like yes like it is the fact that it's not theirs it's the fact that it's not his you can't yeah. say it
0: like the, the the only argument and it's not a very good one but the only argument that you could make that could maybe possibly all the qualifiers be something that makes sense is if you are literally quoting somebody verbatim with the intent of saying, this person said this, right? Like, I'm I'm not going to censor it.
1: That's the only only way I'm not cracking your neck after this.
0: Right. I'm not going to censor it because it's important that we realize this is how people talked and thought. This is what they said. The danger of the word. Right.
1: The danger of the word in the wrong hands, the wrong mouth.
0: Right. But in this situation, with what he was trying to communicate, you didn't have to say nigger. No. You didn't have to do that. There was no all. reason for you to do that. There's no reason. You could have said just because people no longer use racial slurs doesn't mean, and that's not true. They use them all the time, but just because you're not hearing them in the same way doesn't mean that they're not harboring the same feelings. Saying nigger adds nothing to that. It Adds zero right. to what right. you're trying to talk about. All it right. does is make people say, "What'd you say?
1: Why you say? It? <laughs> you what'd say you, that again? How we <laughs> uh, <laughs> both have the same like tone of response? What'd you say? You, you know, I mean? and you, so why you say that though?
0: For him to say that people are blowing that out of proportion and distracting from a real conversation is so patronizing. It's it's like I just don't get what. What's happening there, right? So, and and it and it brings me to another point. And it's just that when white people say they want to talk about race, they really don't want to talk about race. They just want to have an opinion, and they want they want to have, to have to, a take. They want to have they opinion, want to have a hot take on it, and they want people to take that take seriously, right? But they don't actually want to talk about it and have a conversation. No, they don't want to
1: have the conversation that builds. They want to they want to talk about it. They, they want just want to just like...
0: say here's how I see things.
1: Right? Yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah.
0: And to build on that. At the Toronto International Film Festival, Viggo Mortensen says this. You can watch it. There's a, there's a clip. It's about nine minutes into this clip, uh, the, the cast interview at the Toronto International Film Festival.
1: Okay.
0: No one person or group of people have a monopoly on this type of movie. Highbrow people might say, oh, this is a feel-good movie. And I'm like, so what? What do you mean when you say no one person or group of people have a monopoly on this type of movie? <laughs> what are you trying? But then the type of movie
1: that he goes to reference is a feel-good movie and not what this is, because this ain't a feel-good movie,
0: fam. But does is he is he saying that Black people aren't the only ones that can make movies about race and it's about so time that white people get a chance to make race movies? Is that what he's insinuating?
1: right. He is insinuating that. What? But he would probably tell you that he's not. (laughs) (laughs) Which is like super fucked up and like hella sus.
0: Every one of these movies we're going to talk about on this podcast are made by white
1: people. Literally, (laughs) we don't make these kind of movies. (laughs)
0: You're I want to see a one.
1: I I, I want to see a white savior movie by a black person. They're the
0: only ones that make these movies. <laughs> I don't Why understand.
1: why would we? Like, what the fuck? Why would know. we ever make a movie where a, a white man saved me from anything? I don't
0: know. I have no why idea. Why
1: would I make that movie, JC? Why would I make that, Jordan? I
0: don't know, but apparently Vigo says that you can't because it's his time.
1: No, cuz we don't have a monopoly on it. We, or they have a monopoly on it and I can't do anything uh. about it.
0: But oh, uh, oh! Uh, again, before before we pivot out into you know the final part of that's hella
1: sus, bro. <laughs> that's hella sus.
0: Before, but like that's just a very white man thing to say. Like I, I that's not, like that Viggo says a white man, and this privilege dripping
1: off of that that sentence. Yeah. Just the privilege yeah. dripping off of it is insatiable.
0: And to be and to be clear, because we have to be clear about these kinds of things, and th- and this is the kind of stuff that people get upset about. Because they don't understand the context and the nuances of things. Vigo Mortensen is not a racist because he no. said these things. But no. what he said is racist. And so <laughs> it is it's possible.
1: Crazy. Yo, you're, you're going to flip white people's <laughs> shit with that. We're just saying that right there. That, yes, it is po- possible to not be a racist and say racist shit.
0: Yes. This was very condescending.
1: Motherfuckers make mistakes. <laughs> All the time. yeah. And it's not even that he's really making a mistake because I think he made the point that he wanted to make. Yes. But the point he wanted to make was hella racist.
0: Right. But because here's the thing, right? Like we have these conversations all the time, specifically surrounding stuff like cancel culture and all this stuff where people say, well, that's not what I meant or my intention was, right? Right, right, right. Your intention doesn't mean shit. (laughs) <laughs> it right. doesn't it, matter Yes. Thank you, you. Thank you. say. Say that, say that
1: louder for the people because I think that's what everybody's getting mixed up about cancel culture.
0: It doesn't matter what you intended to do. It doesn't
1: matter what you wanted to do.
0: Because it's the way that people receive
1: it. Perceived what you did do.
0: Right. So right? you say nigger, right? Just it rolls right off the lips. You say it right in front of Mahershala. It's so <laughs> conversational.
1: Hey. so conversational mm.
0: you know what I mean and
1: and I also think people don't realize that when people make movies like they just met that nigga like yeah. I just met B- if I'm Mahershala Ali I met Vigo Morrison two weeks ago I didn't meet <laughs> that nigga like we've we have a, this is a passion project that I've known him for years and we was like yes we were friends before and we just no we auditioned it probably would have been some other person if they did their schedule worked out like yeah. and then I met them two weeks ago like, Mahershala doesn't stand for what Viggo Mortensen says when he's like, yeah, I didn't mean to say nigger, but we shouldn't say nigger. But oh, wait, I just said it twice. Like, he's <laughs> not going to like, there's no reason for him to go to bat for him or anything like that. No, there's He not. says some wild shit.
0: And, but that's the thing. So you don't get to say stuff and then police the way that people respond to what you said. Right, exactly.
1: Right, like you said that. You said it. You said it. Say it. You chose to say it. No one. Yeah, you, you yeah. woke up and chose violence, bro. <laughs> and so and so uh, to get upset at people,
0: specifically black people, <laughs> for saying what you just say, <laughs> like that, that, that is
1: literally. It's like it's like white people going like, you what? Like what did you just say? It's like no. What did you just say? <laughs> like, yes.
0: like so. So I think you can look at that. It doesn't mm. make Vigo Mortensen a horrible person no no racist he's not you know we still
1: gonna watch we still gonna watch uh Lord of the Rings we still watching Lord of the Rings you
0: know what I mean but but it does show that you made you made this movie (laughs) you made this movie which was supposed to be a movie about racial healing and coming together and understanding the other side and all of this stuff Mm -hmm. and you on the press tour for this movie not only do you say nigger but then you double down and say, why are people mad at me for saying that?
1: Let me just walk just, it just the fuck it back. <laughs> <laughs> Let me just walk myself the fuck back out you know? the room. Like,
0: like it's, it's, but that's, again, that's just the kind of like, just.
1: But that's the blissful ignorance behind whiteness. these movies, honestly. That's and the blissful ignorance behind
0: whiteness. whiteness. To be able that's to the, say something like To be that. able
1: to be, be like. I'm teaching you about race theory. Yes. Why are you not why, but why are you mad that I said nigger?
0: Right. Why are you not gr- I made green book? Why
1: are you mad at me? <laughs> yeah. And that's could really- you imagine? Could you imagine? <laughs> this, I'm not I'm not racist. I made green book.
0: But that's the vibe that I get from Peter Farrelly and uh, and and Tony's son. Hell yeah! And- no,
1: it's the same vibe I get from um, uh, what's his name? Todd Phillips when he made Joker. When he came yeah. out after Joker came out, and they were like, "You made a movie about an incel fam," and he was like, "All right, all right, I did, but like, I had a point, you know." And the point was <laughs> that like masculinity is like it's tough out here being a man. I was like, "Bro, <laughs> uh, you uh, that's not what you say here. That's no, yeah. no, 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 no. You messed that one up." And then him going, and then him going back to me being like, "But did I?" Yeah. Because what I did for men, (laughs) it's art. It's (laughs) art, you idiot. Be thankful. Have you have you ever seen Taxi Driver? Yes. And that (laughs) movie is not about what you think it is, fam.
0: Yeah. And it's a better
1: movie. Uh, (laughs) It's a way better movie. It's a way. Oh, it's so bad. But it's so
0: bad. I mean, just yeah, putting just putting a cap on the reception and the everything surrounding this movie, you know. For it's. I'll always come back to it, for this movie, you know, like, if there, there's better versions of this movie, there's better executed concepts and ideas that talk about the same thing that this movie does, and yet, mm. for whatever reason, whatever the zeitgeist in 2018 was, because it mm. wasn't just the Academy Awards, it was everybody it was read the Amazon reviews for this movie people fucking love this movie this is the greatest movie ever made for so many people it is so infuriating to see the praise for this movie
1: because the shape of water won best picture like you know it doesn't fucking matter but that and I feel like I'll bring that up every episode by the way
0: at least (laughs) that is a movie that was doing something Right. Whether you liked the movie or not,
1: the, the way- shape of water did more for fish people than Greenwood yeah. <laughs> did for racism. All right. right. Like if you want to get real, real about something it, something
0: was happening in that movie. This movie was just a mishmash of things you've seen and several other movies done worse. <laughs> <And> that's <laughs> what this movie was. And
1: people were- this movie literally like every other scene is the racist scene in every other movie
0: yes they are falling over them or the scene
1: about racism in every other movie thinking they're bringing something new to the table
0: yes and people are congratulating them and saying how incredible this movie yo was, the way was they, they
1: sucked nick the dick this whole press tour like it's disgusting it's Again, disgusting.
0: The same year that Black Klansmen came out, Black Panther came
1: out. Black Panther literally, like, out. had black people thinking about themselves in a new way. Yes, literally gave the whole African American culture a new, like, way to look at themselves. Like,
0: yes, get
1: the fuck out of here. That Green Book, Green Book deserves to be heralded in the annals of time as the best cinematic achievement of 2018
0: best screenplay
1: best original screenplay that means the idea was the best idea let's let's and then the and then the final product the picture the final movie that they made was the best movie of that year
0: Let's just let's just get to what I'm gonna probably is gonna be my favorite part of each of these is is let's reimagine Green Book as a better movie. Uh, let's reimagine Green Book as a movie that actually stars Don Shirley. Uh, and and great
1: like- Novigo Mortensen. end of end of section. Great. And <laughs> because- we don't even have to have him on press door saying nigga. Like it's <laughs> great. It's awesome. It's awesome. This movie is so much better. This movie is actually best picture. No, okay.
0: <laughs> but the thing about it. Like we talked about, there's so many instances where Mahershala gives you just a glimpse at what this man's life was like. Right. And and you're just like, tell me more about that. I want to know what that's like.
1: He's literally, like I said, I was, I think I said this before we started recording, but Don Shirley didn't have any contemporaries. No. In popular music. I'm not talking about pop music. I'm talking about popular music, recorded, popular recorded music. It's like Literally, him and the Abyssinian Baptist Choir. Like, you know what I mean? Like, the people who were there was nobody making the music that Don Shirley was recording at the time, other than him and like the Harlem Boys Choir. Like, he wasn't. There weren't people making this type or like recording this type of music. No, he's he was infusing gospel with classical music. He was able to play jazz at a highly proficient level.
0: Yes. But his, his story is such a black story because it's a man. Literally. Because he's an anomaly
1: in the black community.
0: Yes, but he's, but he's a man limited by his circumstance and situation that makes the best out of it and turns it into something incredible that nobody's ever seen. That's what black people do all the time. All day, you give us every day. You give us nothing and we create American popular culture.
1: You know, <laughs> That's what we've been doing since we got off the damn boats bro like
0: you know we give you just think about we give you jazz, we give you blues, we give you rock and roll, we give you hip hop. We
1: gave you Megan the stallion. Yeah. We gave you Megan. <laughs> we gave you Beyonce you idiots.
0: We created all this stuff And so here's this man right who again is a black man. He's a gay man. he's a classical pianist. He is trained internationally. He is a savant at the age of 18 he's invited to play in haiti for like the king you know what i mean and like is 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 brought around the world to see these like well, the strength of his stars. talents yes like people at, again at a time when black people were just being killed for looking at white people just white be,
1: people just being around literally being in their town overnight
0: yes like they would kill you they wanted this one to play classical music for them—that's how for good them he was, you know. What I mean, they were they were enamored to be in his presence, right? Like that's how you Cap- telling me he's
1: not an exceptional Negro, like right? Come
0: on. So you have him. The hard part about doing this, right, trying to reimagine this movie, is unfortunately right. there's not enough about his life that's known publicly. Which again, look that's his business he seemed to be somewhat of a private person he Maybe he, he did seem
1: to be a private person he didn't really like i mean even in his life uh later he wasn't very uh outgoing other than showing yeah. up on black omnibus you know?
0: <laughs> you know he was kind of reclusive he wasn't really like somebody who was sure, out yeah. in the public eye like that so you know, right. it's, it's understandable that there's probably not a lot on him. There are some clips of him. You can look him up on YouTube. Like we said, he's, he's on uh, that show with James Earl Jones. Uh, you know, he does some other. There's a performance that is from, I want to say, like sometime in the 60s where he's playing on like one of these kind of uh, like a similar salon type show where they kind of mm. do a quick interview with him and they, they have him play. Um and so like he wasn't like unknown, like he was right, no, exactly. (laughs) Um, and so even like even the idea of this movie, right? There's there is something there, right? There's a black man making the decision to go on this tour in the south and the sixties, knowing that it's gonna be
1: knowing that it's gonna be dangerous for him.
0: Right. He's gonna gonna
1: need somebody to like like hold him down.
0: Right but we need to we need to see more right we need to see why does he want to do this we need to get that information we need we, to we need to know
1: why he wants to go down south so yeah. bad why does he want to enter this like dangerous situation yeah. just to play his music sometimes for white people
0: right and there there was
1: not necessarily for black audiences
0: right so you you get a little bit like there's a little bit of information talking about how yes he did want to do this because he did want to show you know like he did want to change people's perceptions but he also liked to play for black people like he did like to introduce black people to classical music if they haven't heard it before so you know part of this is not just exclusively to go see white people and say hey look at me don't you think racism not so great anymore, right? Like, there's there's <laughs> an element of it where yes, he he is doing this as kind of like a, all right, like you have this one perception of us. I'm going to show you something different, but right. he's also yes, he does want to play for black people. Like he does want to show black people like another,
1: not even another like side, something- another, another another like um uh, another color in the rainbow, right? Another but- another. Another way to go think about things.
0: But even again, like you think about the opportunities for black people to probably see and experience classical music at that time, that is still such a very white space that like they can't Mm -hmm. go downtown to the Met no (laughs) no before you know what I mean they can't go
1: to Carnegie Hall the place that he lives
0: yes so the opportunities for them to be able to see something like this very 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 limited right like it's just not accessible story in
1: itself that's interesting to me how did he become this person
0: right how did how did he become this person even how he created this music you think about him being somebody who is not allowed to go ahead no no go go ahead go ahead But he's he's somebody who's not allowed to be his full self, right? He wants to right. be a classical pianist, he wants to follow in the footsteps of all the other people, his contemporaries, they say, No, you can't do that. This isn't marketable, right. this isn't gonna sell. There's right. no avenue or lane for you, similar to what they said to New Simone. So he says, Okay, if I want to have a career, if I want to be a musician, if I want to do the kind of music that I want to do, I literally have to create it. I literally have to make I
1: literally it. have to be the one to make it and record it.
0: Yes. I have to take these Negro spirituals, this gospel music, this jazz, this blues, this classical. He combines stuff
1: literally music. decades of black music. I mean, that's exceptional. That's some of his pieces are incredible to hear.
0: And he's like also referencing like these, uh, you know, literal classical works, right? Like the 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 um, the Orpheus one that he made. Oh. You know, mm-hmm. like, he's he's taking these, like, great, classical, Greek, tragic, like, stories and, like, operas and turning them into new interpretations. Right, like, this is fascinating. All of this is so interesting. Add on
1: top and of that. And he's, like, the first of his, first of his. Yes. Uh, first person to really do this like this.
0: Add on top of that, he's a gay man. <laughs> With all of this going on, so there's the the added representation, but the, also the added intrigue of like, how do you live and navigate?
1: How do you the operate in this you know? world? Yeah,
0: because there's so many see, in a world that
1: really just don't want you.
0: He's limited by his race. He's limited in his profession. He's limited in his sexuality. His his ability to be his full Yet self. Yet
1: the work shines through, and it yes. wasn't because of fucking Tony Lip.
0: No. <laughs> That's what I'm saying. Like, there's so many more interesting things. Even even touching on, was he? I don't know if he was an alcoholic. I don't know if he had a drinking problem. It's insinuated several times, but you don't follow up on it.
1: His son wasn't there. Right. (laughs) That nigga didn't know. So he was like, maybe it'll be interesting for a script.
0: Right. Like, I don't know if he's a tortured genius or, you know, like somebody. but, But giving somebody those three dimensions, the ability to be flawed. You know, to be somebody who does have shortcomings and downfalls and things on top of the exceptionalism, you know, like that's a character, that's a three-dimensional human being, that's a, a story. human, that's a
1: human story. Yeah,
0: that's something that is fascinating, and and it's so <laughs> frustrating mm-hmm. to think about all of the things we just talked about, and then to realize that they said, "But you're gonna need a white guy in there." <laughs> to I'm gonna need some of this.
1: I'm going to need some, a little bit of spice on that pizza.
0: Because white audiences can't relate to this man. Because a white audience is going to see this movie and be like, mm, I don't know. It doesn't look like me.
1: Here's something. And this is, I mean, I'm not going to talk about it every time, but I feel like this is how I would feel every time we talk about this. Jordan, I'm going to ask you a question. Okay. How many white movies you see this year <laughs> see but and, how many movies that didn't involve how many movies you see this year that didn't involve black people
0: but this and this is what I'll respond to that right so like the idea of white and black movies right like a black movie is a very specific thing a white movie just a movie it's just, a just movie. it's just a movie there's no white movie in the sense I didn't, of like I didn't
1: need like a, a, a refresher class before I saw Scott Pilgrim versus the World. Right. I didn't need that. I didn't, I know how white people operate. They love rock music. <laughs> white people love rock music and video games. You know what? Turns yeah. out black people like it too. Yes. I didn't need a refresher course before I went to see that. You know what? The favorite, well, let's talk about another movie nominated for best picture that year. Favorite. The favorite great. 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 I didn't, I didn't need a refresher course. I knew a little bit about Queen Elizabeth. Yeah, is there's, it Queen Elizabeth? I don't know. I'm, there's I'm, so I'm gonna,
0: many. There's so many movies, and even another movie that came out that year, right? Annihilation. Isn't, Annihilation isn't a white movie, right? But it stars white people, right? White
1: people in that scenario, and it's like Jeremy Renner's the other guy in that movie too, isn't he? Yeah. Um. He gets to, he gets to work too much. I don't like that he <laughs> works as much as he does.
0: But that's, I mean, even just movies, right? Just run-of-the-mill sci-fi, horror, like whatever. Anything, like, it
1: don't matter.
0: It's just Look, white people I, in it.
1: I actually, while I'm talking to you, I have the IMDb homepage pulled up. Yeah. And it's talking about what's popular on IMDb TV. Right. What's popular is the Big Lebowski.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: Fucking Alien. Nice. Uh, let's see. Memento. Yeah. Fucking what else? What else, what other movie? Just movies that are all white. I mean, the, the only black person in all four of those movies that I just named is Yafit Koto Yeah. <laughs> That's the only black person in any of these movies that I just named. Right. The I didn't need a refresher have- course on like bowling to know what bowling's like to see the Big yeah. Lebowski.
0: And black people love these movies, though. Black people love black the Coen people,
1: Brothers. Black people love the Coen Brothers. You're yeah. so right about that. Black people love alien. Yeah, black people love sci-fi.
0: We go to see these movies, and that's we and that's,
1: go see these movies all the time. We don't need refresher courses to see these movies or to understand how white people operate in yeah. these spaces. But no. once a black person enters the space or becomes part of the narrative, then it is a completely different. Like it is, it has got to be a teachable moment. Yeah. We just can't order coffee. At, <laughs> well, and at whatever place, or we can't fucking eat chicken without it being yeah. dissected.
0: Because that's the thing like, when you do what we just did take a movie, mm-hmm. remove the white gaze, insert mm-hmm. the black perspective mm-hmm. one, it becomes instantly just a, a better work. Like, everything about it is better, it's, it's way a more
1: fulfilling more. work. A more fulfilling way. It's not even better. It's, it's more fulfilling. It's There's, more, yes. It's fleshed out. It's got yes. life in it.
0: But also, as just like, I love to watch movies, to read books, to ingest media from other cultures, from people who are different from me, who have different perspectives from me. Because I'll never I love get...
1: Korean film. I love yeah. Korean film. I love Japanese film. I yeah. love African film.
0: Like I'll never get. I
1: love live. French film.
0: I'll never get to live that. I don't know what that's like. I don't know what that life is like. I don't know what that culture is like. I don't know what the I don't speak that is.
1: language. I don't speak the language.
0: But just seeing the world from a different perspective, somebody else's eyes, it's like it's enriching, right? Like every you, time you come away time. from that, and you're just like, wow, that's something I literally never thought about. That's something that I I had no idea about, and like I'm not an expert in it now. But it definitely feels like something was added to my life instead of me just watching the same old stuff again and again and again. Jesus. So we're going to wrap things up by suggesting a movie (laughs) that you should probably watch instead of Green Book. Instead of Green Book. (laughs) Definitely watch this movie instead of Green Book. I'll let Cameron expound on it because I haven't seen it yet. It's a movie that I, I, it's been on my list. There's going to be a TV show now, so I should definitely get up on this movie. But Blind Spotting. Oh, yes. I
1: actually watched the first. I watched the first two, actually, of it.
0: Too. Okay. Blind Spotting is a Spotting. movie that came out in 2018, the same year the Green Book came out, and explores an interracial friendship in a much more, not even just modern way, but a more nuanced and fleshed out way where it's. It is, into... it is
1: modern in a sense. Blind Spotting <laughs> is a bit of a stylistic movie. Yeah. But um, not in a way that takes away from the weight of the story.
0: Give people just a, a brief synopsis if they're not familiar.
1: So, so Blind Spotting stars David Diggs of Hamilton fame, um, and his actual friend in real life, Rafael Casal, who they were to play two friends from Oakland, from the Bay Area, um, at the beginning of the movie. Uh David's character uh, is caught in a altercation with a cop. It's not necessarily his; like he's not chasing David. The cop is actually chasing somebody else, and he gets caught up in it. Um, and actually I actually haven't seen it in a while. So, does is it that he has to await trial? Right? He's
0: he's on probation. His probation. He's about on probation.
1: To end. His probation is about to end, and the movie is like about the thirty days before. Yeah his uh, probation ends
0: and he gets caught up yeah he gets caught up in the situation with a police officer um, and he gets yeah and he's got his friend who is white. Uh, but and- his
1: friend is like a like a rough and tumble kind of guy. He's still dealing with drugs. he's still dealing with guns. he's still dealing with like sus shit.
0: <laughs> yeah.
1: And DaV's character is kind of like, you're not making my life better. You're actually like making my situation worse just by being who you are. But by being but you are being who you are because you live around black people and that's the experience that you've had. So you think that being black is drugs and guns and like gutter shit when David is in a situation where he's like, I need to better myself, yeah, so I can stay out of the criminal justice system. And the movie actually explodes into like the final section is gripping as fuck. <laughs> maybe one of the most gripping scenes i've seen in a long time and it actually shouldn't work legit because mm-hmm. it doesn't work and it's like it's very stylized the yeah, moment yeah, yeah. that i'm speaking to but it works and like by the end of it you're actually in it you're like oh yeah 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 that was interesting yeah rather than oh that's fucking fantasy and it would never happen you're mm-hmm. more on the other side of it like now i'm in it even further yeah and it's not made for the white gaze. That moment's not made for the white person. The 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 or honestly, the experience of the movie isn't really made for white people. It's made because white people perceive the black experience to be this, and the movie is debunking that. Yes, very slyly and very uh, like very coolly. Like it's just very suave and slick. The movie. Um. So definitely, and, and and it's about like that friendship. It's about like a black person enlightening me to some other shit. Mm-hmm. And I think this movie succeeds like in space. This movie, well, you know, sorry right. about the metaphor here, but <laughs> the fra- my phrasing here, but it succeeds in like in in droves.
0: Yeah. Well, and that's and the- it's
1: so much better. It's so much more yes. interesting and creative. The performances are so much more lived in. Because they're just actual people just like being in, living in, not necessarily the world today, but living in the fucking real world mm-hmm. and experiencing race with all of its convoluted edges and its fucking frayed edges and it's, yeah. you know, it's messiness. Green Book likes to, Green Book wants to paint race as like, it's bad. It's, it's- bad and, and Black people shouldn't have to deal with it. And whereas blind spotting is examining from race construct has has created a white person who thinks they can live their life like this yes where you also have a black person who's like i'm trying to get further away from that stereotype
0: yes and also because this
1: is at like, cross purposes almost a little yeah bit.
0: and green book doesn't do this at all but uh the idea that you know david diggs is in a situation where it's like you can do this because you're white and you can just walk away
1: and you can walk away. You can, you will be fine.
0: You can just go live a white life somewhere and just forget that you ever were here and did any
1: of this. I which, is Book, which is Green Book, which is Green Book, because he walks away to his white life. And then he realizes, oh, no, I needed him for Christmas. <laughs> <laughs> but Don Shirley came over for Christmas, so yep. it's okay. <laughs> fuck that movie yo
0: and just just that movie. Just like you know i mean maybe if david had eaten some chicken like blind spotting
1: <laughs> maybe if david would have just shut up and ate the chicken maybe we wouldn't he wouldn't have the ending of the movie uh, that they had
0: Marshall, i love you I, i'm
1: just <laughs> i love you too Marshall. We're, we're
0: poking like, fun but like God damn. We love you.
1: We love you. I love you. I love you too, Vigo. Like Easton Promises* yeah. is, is is a banger, yo. Like yeah. real Captain shit. Fan-
0: Captain Fantastic. Like you know, I'm
1: here for Captain Fantastic.
0: Yeah, you know, I I think everybody besides the like directors and writers of this movie.
1: Yeah. Are- no, fuck Nick Villalonga. Like yeah. I'm, I'm cool with saying that. Yeah. Because I don't ever want to be in his movie. Yeah. Whatever he writes next, yeah. Daddy's Stories Part Two. <laughs> fuck out of here. Uh, but Give we'll me be, your money, Venmo me everything you ever made off a of Green Book. Then, then I'll be, will be better. <laughs> That's my reparations. I want my reparations directly from Nick Villalonga off of the gross that he made off a of Green Book. It only gonna feel right if it's that. They, 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 they made a lot of money with this movie. He made <laughs> a lot of fucking. You know, he, his house. He got, he got a house the Green Book built,
0: and yeah. I want that house. <laughs> <laughs> well. Well, I think that's a good note to end. <laughs> uh, we <laughs> we this is this Here is fuck yeah, Nick. Yeah, we're gonna we're gonna edit this down. Uh, this has been yeah longer than episode longer than planned episode. But thank you so much for listening. Um, yes,
1: thank you, thank you for coming into our into our brains.
0: This is this is again the first episode. There's gonna be many more, hopefully. But I yes. think you know what what hopefully people are going to get from this is just this conversation in general, I think has been enlightening for me just to really dig into what these movies are, how they're propagating just white, white, a white gaze, but also white supremacy in a lot of ways, just in the terms of like this being the dominant normative voice in film. This movie
1: almost made four hundred million dollars.
0: Uh, this movie made way too much money, won way too many awards for Yuck. no reason, uh, and it's it's I I feel unclean having. I feel up. gross. Yeah, uh, but yes, Cameron. Tell everybody where they can can find you on the internet and, and just in general.
1: Okay, uh, you can find me. At uh let me make sure my Twitter is the same thing I had um, it at before. Mm-hmm, <laughs> I'm terrible. Mm-hmm. Uh yeah, you can you can uh, I tweet. Yeah. And I, I IG at um fuck. I don't even know my own shit. Yeah, okay, okay, okay. I'm done. Anyway, yeah, you can find me on the tweets and the Twitters at uh theblipster1138-1138. 1138, 1138. Um and I Instagram at theblipster. I perform sketch comedy with my group to Karen with Love. If you're in New York, uh, we perform from time to time. Maybe I'll promote a show here. Maybe I'll use this as my propaganda hey. station. So uh, you know.
0: Get it out there. Come
1: come through, come through. We just performed at the bell house for um for Juneteenth. It was a crazy show. There were some white people in the audience, they were un- uncomfortable, and that was the way it was meant to be. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Um yeah, so follow me on Twitter, follow me on IG. We're gonna we gonna keep talking about these uh, wild ass movies. Sure. And JC, are. you got you gotta tell the people where they can find you.
0: I am on Twitter and on Instagram at JR Sosa18, J R S O S A 18. Uh yeah, I mean, I I don't really have anything to promote right now, but I, I feel <laughs> like uh you know we're we're gonna continue to not only have these conversations but but try to Create content that I think will give context to these films, but also try to try to promote black film, black filmmakers, black creatives uh, yes. who are doing things to kind of counter these narratives and uh, just just make good art that should be watched and consumed and, and appreciated way more than these movies, which uh, are just
1: we want we want we yeah. want y'all to to get some taste about it. Yeah. We want to help y'all get some taste about this shit. Yeah. Cause they, I swear, they're trying to pull one over on us, and we're not going to let it happen. They've been doing <laughs> These white people will not save you.
0: They will not save you. Uh, they will so, not save you. Uh, so come listen to us get saved. Uh, and, uh, <laughs> we'll catch you next time.
1: Peace. can't save us we don't want to be saved you can't save us we don't want to be saved you can't save us we don't want to be saved you can't save us we don't want to be saved you can't save us we don't want to be saved you can't save us we don't want to be saved you can't save us
0: we don't want to be saved you can't save us we don't want to be saved